Amen. Going to the book of Mark, chapter 5, verse 35. Or excuse me, Mark, chapter 5, verse 20. Amen. Mark, chapter 5, and verse 20. Praise the Lord. I give honor to, amen, your first lady, pastor's wife, the anointed Ellen Mayo. And I give honor to your pastor, the mighty man, Pastor Rick Mayo. Will you give them a hand? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I love this church. It is in my book, places I've preached and been privileged to go and travel. Amen. Cornerstone Church is uh, one of the most, if not the most, cutting edge on the precipice of revival uh, churches that I've ever been to. And, Thankful for that. Amen. Mark chapter 5, verse 20. He departed and began to publish, or excuse me, Mark chapter 5, verse 21, rather. Mark chapter 5, verse 21. And when Jesus passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. When he saw him, Jairus fell at his feet. He besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Amen. Of course, if you read all the way down, starting at verse 35, the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, she sneaks in and gets her healing. And... In the middle of that healing, it seems like Jairus' promise was on Paul's. And while he yet spake, verse 35, while he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe can't believe everybody's report in the house for your miracle. Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, say Peter, James, John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and he seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly, weeping. And when he was coming, he said unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, but when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entereth in where the damsel was lying. He took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumai, which is being interpreted damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked. Hallelujah. And my title today is beware of the weepers. Beware of the weepers. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for every visitor here today. We ask you in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask that you will bless us. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. 
I, um, I probably may have told this story here before, but one time I was, uh, was at a meeting, I was at a conference, and uh, at a lot of conferences, like the conference that you all put on, uh, they will open up the room for refreshments and uh, finger foods and some things to, to bless ministry with. It's a good time uh, for pastors and pastors' wives to uh, get together, share some burdens, and uh, connect with some yoke fellows of ministry. And uh, if you know any, anything about ministering, uh, you, don't, you don't expect anything in return. Uh, you just want to do the work of God. And sometimes it's little meetings like that that can do a whole lot of good. And it was uh, such a meeting. Uh, one time, it was late. My feet were hurting, praise God, amen, and uh, I was ready to go to the hotel. And I remember some preachers talking, some ministers talking. And I, uh, I've learned to, to steal blessings from God. I've learned to steal blessings from the people of God. I say, what do you mean, Brother Poindexter? The Bible says God has no respect for persons. So if somebody gets a promotion, I start praying for a promotion. Because if God's in a promoting attitude, I want to capitalize on my promotion. And so I remember there was a gentleman there and he began to talk about how God had visited him in the middle of the night. He said that the Lord had come to him while he was sleeping in the middle of the night, and the Lord began to speak to him in an audible voice. Amen. I was listening. I'm sure I had crumbs dropping off my chin, grease on my fingers. But I wanted to hear what God was speaking in secret. He said that God had come to him and the Lord talked to him and God made a, a divine deal and he placed something before him. And the Lord said, I am going to come to you for the next few months at 3 o'clock in the morning. And he told this minister that if you will get up and if you will pray and talk to me, he said, I will take you places you've never been, and I will show you things that you've never seen. It may not mean much to everybody, but I begin to grab my car keys and my Bible and my belongings. Where are you going? Well, I want to go to sleep a little early tonight because I plan on getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Because one thing I've learned, that it's prayer that gets God's attention. It's not social status. It's not pedigree. It's not in talent. It's not in ability. It's not in the uh, symmetry of a good physique. It is simply a man, woman that has learned and has built up a craving and a desire to touch the throne of God that God delights in. 
James said it like this. It is the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, a woman, that availeth much. Song of Solomon, or Solomon rather, in Proverbs 15, verse 8 says uh, that it is the prayer of the upright that God delights in. And there's one thing in my life that I must accomplish before I leave this earth, and that is for God to look at my life and to delight in my life. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. I don't want God to look at my life and say, well, he dribbled a basketball pretty well. I don't want God and the angels of heaven to look at my life and say, well, he balanced his checkbook pretty good. I don't want anybody to look at my life and say, well, he took care of his physique and his body was attractive. No, I want God to look at my life and say, I desire his prayers. I want to hear his voice. I want to see her face in the secret place of prayer. Man, everybody's not sold on prayer. I could tell by a response. Amen. Am I lying or am I right? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, he said, when you pray, he said, when you enter into your closet, but thou, when thou prayest, you are the person of prayer. Oh, hallelujah. He said, you enter into your closet. That's the place of prayer. He said, and when thou hast shut the door, that's the privacy of prayer. He said, pray unto the Father which is in secret. That's the purpose of prayer. And the Father which seeth thee in secret shall reward thee. Openly, I want to tell you, God is looking for somebody that learns how to wake up in the midnight hours and call upon the great God and call upon his sustenance and call upon his provision. Somebody clap your hands and give God some praise. Amen. David said, oh, Lord, God of hosts, he said, hear my prayer. He said, give ear, O God of Jacob. David, a man after God's own heart, a man that knew how to kill giants, a man that knew how to slew the lion and the bear, a man that knew how to dodge his enemies, a man that knew how to survive. Amen. When he was surrounded by brethren that wanted to kill him, when he was surrounded by jealous brethren and surrounded by Achish and all of those kings, amen, that wanted to destroy him. He knew that if he could get the God of Jacob to hear him, everything would be all right. Can I give you a simple but a powerful answer? If you, if you learn how to pray, everything will be all right. If you know how to pray, there's no reason to be anxious. If you know how to pray, there's no reason to be depressed. If you know how to pray, there's no reason to stay up late trying to balance the checkbook. Give ear, oh God of Jacob. Hallelujah. Jacob would later write to the chief musician, the Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. I said everybody's going to have a day of trouble. You ready for this? And in the day of trouble, God goes like this. Because in the day of trouble, God expects us to pray. 
I said, in the day of calamity, in the day of affliction, God expects to hear me in the prayer room. Oh, God, hallelujah, it's not in my theatrics. It's not in what I can accomplish with my own hands. Amen. In the day of trouble and in the day of pressure and in the day of stress, God says, I'm listening. So go ahead and start praying. And David said, it's in that day that the name of the God of Jacob will defend thee. See, there's a whole lot. That's why you got to study the Bible. You can lose a whole lot. He said, in that day, God hears you. He said, it's the name of the God of Jacob that will defend you. Amen. That word defend in Hebrew is sagab. It literally means God will take you to an elevated place that's inaccessible. God is telling you that in the day of resistance and in the day of affliction and in the day of your disease and in the day of your struggle, if you will learn how to get in a place of prayer, he will elevate you to a place that depression can't get to, that stress cannot get to. Yeah, somebody say, I'm going to pray. Lord, wake me up to pray. Lord, give me strength to pray. Lord, listen to my voice. Hallelujah. Man, I like this little woman that came in. and She's not the object lesson of the story, but she had an issue of blood for 12 years. You ready? And she stole her miracle. It wasn't the right time in the right place for everybody else, but she said, I'm going to make it the right time in the right place for me. She took a scheme and she took a strategy and she pressed forth her hand. And because of that scheme and that strategy, she stretched forth and she got her miracle. So you got to learn how to scheme on God. And you got to learn how to get you a strategy. And you got to make it up in your mind that the kingdom of heaven suffering violence and the violent take it by force. You know what Jacob means, don't you? Jacob means a supplanter. A supplanter is somebody that takes something by scheme, by strategy, and by force. Jacob is a type of the Gentile church because we wasn't supposed to have salvation. (laughs) But God gave us a scheme called repent of your sins. And and God gave us a strategy, said, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. And God said, I'm going to give you a force called the gift of the Holy Ghost and the name of the God of Jacob. Hallelujah. You can't beat prayer. It's good to be a Jacob in 2021. I don't only want to be a Jacob. I want to be a Jairus as well. (laughs) Mark chapter 5 verse 22. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. Watch this now. And when he saw him, look at his response. He fell at his feet. Amen. I I don't want to just be 
repented of my sins, baptized in Jesus' name, and filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to learn how to respond to God by falling at his feet and getting a word from God and getting a miracle from God. I want to learn how to respond. There's a lot of people that day, but old Jairus knew what to do, boy. Amen. He knew how to get a response from God. And I tell you, the scripture has opened up the key for all of us. If you want a response from God, you fall at his feet and you begin to talk to God. And God will begin to speak back to you. Amen. Look at Jairus' name. You ready? One whom God enlightens. Enlightened means to give intellectual and spiritual light and to impart knowledge. St. Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6 says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. There's no greater education than seeking the face of Jesus Christ. Hey, I believe in scholastic pursuits. I believe in getting your masters and your bachelors, but woe to the man, woe to the woman if you never get an education or how to meet God in the place of prayer. I want to be a gyrus. I want to learn how to fall at his feet, bro. Amen. I want to learn that in the midst of the crowd and everybody else, I'll, you ready? First of all, I want to learn how to know that I got a need in my house. See, some people sitting up in church don't even know they got a need in their house. Amen. I'm going to preach today. Bible says a rich man fares sumptuously every day, but it was that poor man Lazarus that was laid at the gate full of sores. Why? Because the rich man represents your flesh and the poor man represents a spirit, amen, when your flesh is ruling the house. And I preach at enough churches to know there's a lot of people that come to church and they lay at the gate full of sores. Hey, hey, when God enlightens you, the first thing he will enlighten you about is that you need a move of the Holy Ghost in your life. I'm taking up my time, but listen, when you come to prayer, you don't pray from the Holy Ghost as if it were. The Holy Ghost in you is doing fine. You pray from the condition of your carnal spirit. Oh, yeah, that's real prayer right there. i never forget an old elder of mine, an old friend of mine, got in the church, and, boy, he was just praying it down. And he was walking around, and he was, he was praying in the Holy Ghost. And, and I'm not saying don't pray in tongues. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying praying on the goodness of God's spirit. God's spirit's doing fine. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And, boy, he was just a quoting scripture. He was just a praying. And an old elder, when he got done and he dried himself off, an elder looked at him and said, you ain't praying. Boy, we couldn't handle the old church. He said, you ain't praying. He said, what do you mean, elder? He said, you want to know how you pray? He said, you get honest with God. Oh, God, I thank you. I'm not an extortioner. 
I thank you I'm not an adulterer. I pay my tithe and offering. I'm not like this publican. But God said there was a man there praying said, oh, God, oh, wretched man that I am, have mercy upon me. God, I'm not doing well. I'm not doing strong. Come on, Cyrus. There's a need in your house. Like Jairus, you ready? He knew that when there was death in the house, it's time to go find life. Come on, somebody. He's not going to wait for Jesus to come to a house. He's going to go find Jesus. Let me tell you, the altar ain't going to come to you. You got to come to the altar. Oh, God, help us today. Brother, I've learned to be forceful and force my way to the altar because I know it's at the altar that I'm going to get revived. It's at the altar that I'm going to get corrected. It's at the altar that I'm going to get rejuvenated. So many times I see people in such a desperate need for God and they stand back and let Jesus pass on by. I'm doing fine. No, you ain't. You ain't doing fine. Come on, somebody. I ain't doing fine. I'm a carnal man sold under sin. Paul said, I know that within me dwelleth no good thing. He said, in fact, I've got to die daily. You ain't doing fine. Yeah, Holy Ghost is doing good, yeah, on that part. But when you break it down to the nitty-gritty, friend, I'm struggling, God. I got a hold of something. I'm trying to put it in the headlock right now. I'm, I'm telling you right now. He said, because you are rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. He said, but you don't know that you are miserable, that you are wretched, that you are blind, that you are naked. That's all of us, friend. And I'm not, I, I'll, I'll, you can come to church and put on the theatrics. Or you can come to this altar and say, God, I need you to clothe me. I need you to anoint my eyes. I haven't broken through in a long time. I haven't. Hurry up. I like Jairus, Brother Gazandi. You ready? Because the Bible calls him a ruler of the synagogue. Now, it was a position much like a pastor in those days, but, but God still wants you to rule some things in your life. I said, God don't want you just looking at anything out there. God don't want you just listening to anything out there. God don't want you just talking any kind of way out there. He said, I'm looking for some rulers in my house. Amen. Amen. Look at Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. You ready? He that hath no rule over his own spirit. Oh, boy. See, you're trying to rule everybody else's spirit. But what about your spirit? Bible says he was a ruler. He knew how to govern. And God said, you better learn how to govern your spirit. I'm coming up, boy. Clown today. You better learn how to govern your spirit. David said on an instrument of ten strings, 
I will sing a new song unto the Lord. See, there's a lot of people that like to sing a new song, but not everybody wants to do it on an instrument of ten strings. What are you talking about, Brother Poindexter? I'm giving you a parable. It's easy to proclaim you a Christian, but how's your, what's your eyes looking at when you're on the phone? Hey, hey, it's easy to proclaim you a Christian and sing a new song. But what's your conversation sounding like? Well, it's a repulsive thing when you get around somebody that claims to be a Christian, but they curse like a sailor. Oh, I'm stepping in it today, I guess. Amen. He said, I'm going to sing a new song. He said, but I'm going to learn how to do it on an instrument. You know what your body is? Your body's an instrument. And the Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. Let me tell you something. When God comes to pluck the strings of your eyes, it better make a holy sound. It better make a pure sound. Boy, I wish I had some help in the house today. Come on. You see, because... We've learned, we've learned, brother, that if the governor ain't around, I can watch whatever I want to watch. You a lie. Come on, you better learn how to govern your time. Why are you preaching like this? Because there's people here that want to know how to please God. And God said, I'm not only looking for some Jacobs, I'm looking for some rulers in the synagogue that know how to govern their spirit and See, see, everybody wants to be a Samson, but nobody wants to keep themselves back from the wine. It's funny, we, can't, we, we, we come and we complain how they legalize cannabis, how everybody's getting high. But let me ask you a question. Is the church getting high on videos? Huh? Oh, boy. I hope that while the world ain't legalizing everything, you get to legalizing everything. Getting high on media. Man, I ain't preaching nothing spiritual. They'll tell you this out in the secular world. That endorphins keep getting released. Oh, hallelujah. Help us, God. God is looking for a gyrus that knows how to rule in the church in the last hour. I know it ain't popular, but see, gyrus knew how to fall at his feet, see. You know what happened when John saw the feet of Jesus in the book of Revelation? He said, I saw his feet that looked like they were burned brass. You know what the altar in the Old Testament was made out of? It was made out of brass that had been burned. When you fall at the feet of Jesus, you fall at the altar of God. And that is the place that the flesh must die. That's why prayer is so powerful. Because when you fall under the submission of the Spirit of God, uh, that will begins to die. That sin begins to die. That pride begins to die. And your will begins to die. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord right now. Come on, will you lift up your hands right now in the name of Jesus Christ? Come on, everybody, just pray for one moment right now in the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on and pray. Come on and pray. Come on, come on, come on. In the name of Jesus, just pray. I'm almost finished here in the name of Jesus. In fact, musicians, why don't you just come right now? Come on, come on. Come on. I think I think right now there's an altar that's burning and God is wanting you to put some stuff on the altar, friend. Come on, this is a call to repentance and say, God, come on, I, I'm going to be a gyrus in the house of the Lord. I'm not going to let this modern day exposure. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, I'll just come and I'll be the first. I'll, I don't know if I'm the first, but I'll just be a preacher today to tell you. All this media, all this video, all this time, all of this content. The Holy Ghost is saying, it's time to govern it. How much can a Holy Ghost vessel take? Come on, Jairus. You're a ruler. And the world is saying, don't trouble the master. Just keep death in your house. Come on, there's spirit saying, don't trouble the master. Don't get stirred up about prayer. 
Don't get stirred up about ministry. Come on. Come on. Come on. How much God do you want today? Come on, Jairus. Come on. There's spirits back in your house telling you, don't you trouble the master. Come on. There's spirits in your background telling you, don't you get stirred up about God. Come on. Today, God, I'm governing. Today, I'm ruling. Today, God, I'm removing some things in my life. Come on, this altar is burning. This altar is ready. Why don't you come and lay your life down and say, God, it's not my life. Listen to me. I don't care about being polished today. But I'm telling you, God is wanting you to be a gyrus today. God is wanting to find you at his feet praying. And there's voices that are coming from the nether world, and there's voices and spirits and attitudes that are coming from this world and even coming from the church that are saying, Don't trouble the master. Am I, am I lying? There's voices coming from the secular world, coming from the internet world, saying, don't get stirred up. Voices saying, allow death to be in your house. Come on, when's the last time you prayed through and you wept? Have the weepers convinced you? You know what they would do in those days? They would hire professional weepers and professional mourners. And when Jesus heard the word, brother, he said something different. He said, don't listen to the voice that tells you not to pray. Don't listen and bow down to the influences that are fighting your prayer life. And I guess I'll keep harping on it until God says back up. That phone's a weeper. When Jesus got there, he heard a, a doleful morning sound. It was wailing and crying, but it was empty. And Jesus said, what is all of this noise and what is all of this to do? Why are you weeping and wailing? You ready? And when he said, she's not dead, she's sleeping, it was the weepers that laughed at the word of faith. Is it all right if I just share my burden? You can't spend hours on documentaries. You know what that is? That's a weeper, friend. And 
It says, don't trouble the master. Just let her be dead. Just let your miracle die. Just let your promise die, Jairus. And I'm telling you right now, under the unction of the Holy Ghost, people are going to miss their miracle. Because while the miracle showed up, they were busy, drunk, on video. Why are you harping on it? Because it's a direct opposite of prayer time. It was weepers. They would hire professional, hire professional musicians. And you know what it would do? It would assist and it would increase the grief. And when Jesus got there, he heard the music playing. And I'm not against musicians. I love musicians. My wife is a musician. But I'm going to tell you something. Music will never replace the message. And I'm afraid, brother, in Pentecost, music gets everybody moving. Oh, but the message, so much resistance. I don't want to listen to the keys and not listen for his conversation. Better watch out for the weepers, bro. got to watch out for the weepers, the things that are pulling you from your prayer time. Hey, listen, if you ain't prayed in three days, you ain't doing well, friend. I don't, you, you, I don't care. Hey, listen, I'm not here to impress nobody, and I'm not here to disrespect anybody, but if you ain't prayed in three days, I'm talking about pray through, brother, I'm worried about you. Because it's in those moments that the serpent comes. He'll snatch Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. And the Bible says by what Lot saw every day and by what he heard every day, it vexed his righteous soul. God didn't create you and fill you with the Holy Ghost for you to spend hours and hours upon devices. Hey, God didn't create you and give you the Holy Ghost to go scrolling in everybody else's business and go hunting in everybody else. Brother, it'll give you a spirit of criticism. It'll give you a spirit of arrogance, pride, jealousy, and competition. If I was you, I'd start disconnecting some stuff. Because we are facing a weeper in our hour. And it has sent out a message. It came out of the house, brother. And the message is, don't trouble the master. Don't get stirred up. A spirit that was comfortable with nothing moving. Are you comfortable with nothing moving in your life? You ready? It was a spirit that was getting ready to get kicked out and ejected by Jesus himself. And I'm telling you. God's about to start punting stuff out of the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This church can't survive with everybody in everybody's business. Oh, boy, help us. I'm just here to tell you, beware of the weepers, friend. 
There's a voice that has come out of the house saying, don't trouble him. Come on. When's the last time you cut everything off and you went down in the basement and you prayed and you broke through and you wept and you repented and you asked God to give you a broken spirit and you asked God, Lord, I want to weep again. I'm not here to be self-righteous. I am here worried, though. I'm worried about myself. I'm worried about myself, Brother Ghazali, because I'm human, too. How about it, young man? People walking around acting like they're busy. They ain't that busy. Man, I'm so sick of hearing that right now. Man, I'm busy. You ain't that busy. You go to work like everybody else. You go to work eight, ten hours like everybody else. There's 24 hours in a day. You got time to pray. It's all right. World got time to drink coffee. World got time to do everything else. Me and my brother went downtown, spoke in. Brother, people ain't busy. Oh, boy. I don't like preaching like this, but I am going to tell you something. It's either pray or we're going to perish. You, you, you got to get convicted whether you're going to play or you're going to pray. Because Jesus said, pray that you enter not into temptation. I'm telling you, brother, hours upon hours upon hours, flesh, living, faring sumptuously every day, and it's the spirit laying with sores at the gate. Desiring crumbs, will you please pray a little bit? Is this all right? I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm not trying to be nasty. But when's the last time your kids walked in on you praying? I'm not trying to be self-righteous. I'm not trying to be arrogant. Lord knows I'm not. I'm struggling like everybody else. But I've learned, listen, you're going to have to rule some things, Jairus. Because if you listen to this message of the weepers, it'll keep you from your miracle. And Jesus overheard the message. And Jesus said, no, no, no. Fear not. He said, only believe. You know what he was saying? Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Come on, how about it? Keep praying. stand to our feet right now. I don't want anybody walking with condemnation. But please hear me today. Just please hear me today. You cannot live for God on fumes.
you, you, you think the Holy Ghost is going to descend and you really think people, people fighting devils and demons and that's had people captive for years and they're hearing voices and you've been listening, you've been watching home improvement videos all day and you're going to lay hands on them and the Holy Ghost is going to break chains. When Jesus was in the garden all night sometimes having to pray that flesh out of the way. There's enough videos out there till the day we die. And if you ain't careful, you'll get sucked in the sea of video. There's people here today drowning, lost in the sea of media, lost in the sea of imagery. I'm going to fight for my prayer life. It's, it's, Brother Marks, it is, it is the defining moment whether I get my miracle or I lose my baby girl. And I got good news for you today. Your ministry is not dead. It's, it just needs to be revived. Your miracle and your promises and your anointing and the calling of God on your life is not dead. You just got to make room for the king to come in. Watch out, watch out, watch out. I'm moving some things out today. Watch out, the king is coming. Come on, you got to get out. The king is coming. My family needs a miracle. My future needs a miracle. Get out, get out, Satan. Get out of my house. Come on, somebody make room for Jesus today. That's it, come on. I'm making room for Jesus. I'm making room for Jesus. There it is. There it is. There it is. You've moved the heart of God. I feel him. He's moved. Jesus, come to my house. Come on and pray. Come on, lift up your voice. Come on, lift up your voice. Come on, it's prayer time. Come on, somebody make room for Jesus. Your blessings are on the other side of prayer. Your miracles in prayer. Cry and weep for Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I need a breakthrough, oh God. I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. Come on, pray. Come on, Tyrus. Make some room, Tyrus. 